You are now tuned in to the AddictedToSuccess.com podcast, where geniuses, entrepreneurs, and next-level game-changers share their juicy little secrets on achieving massive success. This is the advice you wish you heard years ago. Be prepared and take note as we expose the realness and the raw of what it takes to be successful on AddictedToSuccess.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. I'm your host, Joel Brown, and I am here today with the beautiful Carrie Azuma, who is a transformational coach, speaker, and visionary women's world-changing agent uh, extraordinaire. (laughs) That's the title right there that we're going with, Carrie. (laughs) That's a really nice intro. (laughs) (laughs) It's great to have you here. We've talked a number of times and... uh, I have heard many great things about you from many other speakers and coaches. And uh, just to get to really uh, know more about your modalities and your, the results that you bring your clients and to really hear more of your story is just uh, something I've been looking forward to for quite a while now. So thank you for jumping on the Addicted to Success podcast. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm in the land of greats here. You've got some amazing interviews, much of which I've enjoyed over time. (laughs) (laughs) Great to hear. Thank you. So, Carrie, in a nutshell, share with us just really how you became a change maker and a transformational coach and speaker. Why, Why that? Why pick that? And what do you love most about it? Well, I mean, I think like many coaches, I got into the work because I did the work. <laughs> I, uh, I started off in this um, program called the Art of Leadership Mastery with Scott Cody, who's, in my opinion, one of the greats. He was my mentor and an incredible coach who teaches embodied leadership. And I just fell in love with, with all of the work that we had done and especially embodied leadership. It's such a different style of leadership training and it just, it just kind of, colors your whole like mind, body, spirit approach to life. And um, I was just so inspired by it. And I knew I had to be a part of it. And I always wanted to be of service in some way. You know, I knew that that was my calling. And I was in a point in my life where I just didn't know what that looked like or how I wanted to do it. I mean, my dad was a therapist, but I knew I didn't want to be a therapist. And (laughs) I just, I wanted to do something, but I, I knew that it would find me and it did. And I got, I think I just got really lucky. Um, and I got extra lucky to have Scott Cody become my mentor because um, I, I really do think he's one of the greatest coaches that I've ever worked with. So, um, but, you know, I wouldn't say, I would say that, it, you know, even though I worked as a coach for a while under Scott and, um, and after I did his programs and training with him, I didn't really find my call until I became a mom. And um, right you know, I had, I had been coaching and I had been coaching entrepreneurs and, you know, uh, executives and, you know, doing the whole leadership development, uh, route and and in a unique way, the way Scott does it with the, you know, addressing the body, but it didn't really, um, I, I didn't really register why, you know, where my place was in the world as a coach until I kind of hit this block that happened when I became mom. And it was a, you know, I, it was just basically a big bust of expectations. Um, you know, like I had wanted to be a mom my entire life and I thought, Oh, cool. I have this awesome coaching practice and an amazing husband and I'll just add a baby right in there and everything will be awesome. (laughs) 
<laughs> and for me, like that was like the huge cosmic joke because I had all these expectations of like how life was supposed to be and like, you know, just checking off those boxes and then boom, you know, I just had one of like the gnarliest birth experiences and everything that I thought was supposed to go the way it was supposed to go, you know, home birth and all the nice ways to get into having a baby and just like, you know, like I did all these trainings where you can have like an orgasmic birth and a no pain. And I was like, oh, this sounds amazing. I'm not scared to have a baby or give birth. And then, man, it was one of the most difficult experiences in my life, followed by a year of postpartum depression and anxiety. And when I was in that cloud of, of depression, it was like the only thing that really got me through is I knew that when I was done, with being in this phase, I knew I'd get out of it. Like all of my years of training and coaching, thank God, you know, at least got me to that mindset of like, I know, I know this will pass. Um, but the only thing that really got me through is that I would never let a mother ever feel alone on the other side of motherhood ever again. You know, like she would have me. And for a while I was, I was looking for a coach like me. You know, I was like on the internet trolling and looking for somebody who could do the work that I do now. And I, I didn't really find it. And so, of course, I was like, well, then I have to be it. And so that's yes. how it started. You know, that's how I started specializing and working with moms. And then, you know, my, my business and my work, everything was just easy from that point, like from, that, from then on out, because I just knew that what I was here to do was present. And now it was just like, I just had to take the steps and make it happen. Um, which isn't always easy coming from that, you know, like intense anxiety and depression place. So that's where I really found the strength to, to like climb my way out of that. And I knew that I now had like an amazing offer for women who wanted to step up their leadership and be on the other side of that crazy ride called motherhood. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Thanks so much for sharing that, uh, that powerful testimony. Yeah, you, you turned your greatest wound into your greatest gift to offer others. And, uh, you know, I had that with addicted to success. I remember I was so fired up to, to want to learn more about self-development and motivation. And this was, you know, a good seven years ago and I was looking online. I couldn't find really a hub spot that collected all the self-development information. I had to go on YouTube. I had to, I saw one or two posts on one other website. I had to read a number of books uh, you know, this is old school. It's funny. You know, it's the internet world. <laughs> Seven years ago is old school. Uh, yeah. And so I was like, you know what? Someone needs to do something about it and it might as well be me. And so that's why, one of the reasons why I started Addicted to Success. And very quickly, you'll see the world catches on to it. A, a lot of people will then follow the lead. And it's great to see that, you know, you found that. You found that the world needed a solution. So you became it. Um, yeah. And I'm also making you- it sound very easy at this moment, but... <laughs> <laughs> Quite a bit right. of time to Child, get there. <laughs> childbirth itself doesn't sound easy to me, to be honest. <laughs> what do you believe your superpower is? What is it that makes you special as a coach? Oh, I really like that question. Um, yeah. You know, I've always believed this about myself. Um, this view kind of came out of this really intense experience I did when I was 27. I went on a vision quest, and I don't know if you know what that is, but um, it's a Native American rite of passage where you, you don't eat, you fast, and you sit by yourself in the wilderness for three days and three nights alone, oh, wow. and you look for a vision for your life, and whatever comes up, and things come up, it's crazy. You know, that's, that's sort of like what you're bringing back for yourself and to the people, and 
during that whole journey, I won't tell that story because that would take a very long time. But <laughs> during that whole journey, like the one thing that I had really discovered was I have this ability to really sit very comfortably in the dark places with people. Oh, wow. You know, like I don't really get scared off. And sometimes even when I see people veering off of the scary or the dark or the shadow, I'll bring them back into it. And I'll just like, you know, pour them a cup of tea, so to speak, and just sit there with them until they're really in touch with it. And they can be there and sit comfortably. Now, the paradox is that my lifelong practice is being comfortable in the unknown. You know, like I have a whole story around that. And uh, which actually comes from that vision quest. But, um, but with others, you know, of course, you like, you'll always practice what you're learning and uh, you always teach what you've learned. So with others, I'm always really good at just sitting there in the places that they're uncomfortable and I'll go there with them. And I find that a lot of people skip over that piece, you know, and, you know, that's why I, one of the reasons I love working with moms is because they're so busy in their day to day and they've got to, you know, keep everything together and they're running a household and they're trying to fulfill on their visions and their work or even just get like a moment of peace. And so there's a lot of stuffing down of like, I've just got to go and I got to make this work. And there's all this talk right now about like being the boss mom and like, you know, like holding it, <laughs> you know, like there's just like all this lingo right now about like being like that power superwoman mom, which isn't actually that new. But my favorite thing to do is just like slow it down and like get in the cracks and crevices that still need to be paid attention to and filled in to make the whole, you know? And so I would say that that's my superhero power. And that's, that's the thing that got me out of where, I was. It's like I kind of had to just surrender into the depression. And, um, you know, postpartum depression is something that I know has been getting more, you know, less taboo, but it's still so hard for women to talk about. It's still so hard to admit that, like, you couldn't rise up to that one thing that women feel like they should just be prepared and ready for, which is, you know, becoming a mom. And mm. so I think really being able to uh, access my power then was integral for me to make it to the other side so that I could be that person for other moms. Yeah, that's amazing. Carrie, what do you feel is the, is the most common uh, story that you keep hearing over and over again from mothers? Like that thing that's holding them back, you know, because we all have stories. We're, we're probably the greatest storytellers ever. We're constantly writing fantasies and novels in our head all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. But what would you say is a story that holds most women back? Oh, with moms, there's two. Uh, I don't have enough time. Right. And um, just a lot of self-judgment, you know, like I'm not a good enough mom or I'm not a good enough. It's fill in the blank. What, you know, the roles that a woman's playing as far as like being a partner, being a mom, being, especially being a businesswoman. I mean, like being a, a business owner, I think is like just a whole other game to add on top of motherhood. You have to you know, it's, it's kind of crazy because I had all of these leadership distinctions that I learned and was teaching and coaching people on. And I realized that once I became a mom, I had to like kick those distinctions up like 500% to really oh, wow. work, my, you know, to make my life work. I had to get better at making requests. I had to make my mm -hmm. offers more clean. I just had to be more efficient with everything. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think going back to your question, um, I don't think moms really have the tools all the time to get out of that space of like, I'm not doing enough or I will be happy when my kid's this old or I get this, uh, you know, get to this milestone or, 
um, if I can just wait a little bit longer and they, if they sleep, I mean, anything, there's like a, there's always this gap of, uh, of it not being enough right now, which I think is actually not just about moms. <laughs> I've been aligned through many people I've coached, but, um, and then the time story, the time story is huge. Like this is one of the things I teach moms the most on is like, you have to change your language around time. And it's really applicable to anyone, especially someone who's owning a business, in my opinion. Because in my opinion, even though, yes, it's a little you know, lofty to say this, all we have is time. That's literally all we have if you're looking at it in the most literal sense. You know, we're gifted with this life, yeah. and then it's filled with space, and then we fill it with things. So, you know, I read this, have you heard the book by Gay Hendricks, uh, The Big Leap? Yeah, that's Talks an incredible Einstein book. Time. Yeah, I love that book. Yeah. I have my, my women read that in my Empowered Mothers Alliance program. And um, there's this part where he's talking about Einstein time. Right. And he's saying, like, you know, if your kid comes in and says, hey, will you play catch with me? And you're working on something for, let's say, for work. And you say, no, I don't have time right now. Then, you know, a few minutes later, you can come in and have a busted nose and you'll drop everything and take your kid to the hospital, right? Because, of course. <laughs> yeah. But he said, you know, when it comes down to it, that parent's really choosing, like, they, they're not just choosing that they don't want to do that in the moment. They really don't want to play catch. But that's yeah. super unpopular to say that you don't want to play with your kid, right? <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, it is a choice. And so that's what I, I really work on teaching the women I'm working with is you got to just start saying what you're choosing versus I don't have time or I have to squeeze this in or there's not enough minutes in the day. Like language, I'm such a stickler for language and language is so important when it comes to time. And it's really the yes. way that I've shifted my conversation to make my life happen, you know, to like, to get my reach out there and to be the mom that I want to be. It's like, and mm. really working on the presence too, you know, like when I do say yes, I'm really there. And yep. the quality, you know, quality over quantity. So yeah, those are the two things, though, and they do show up over and over again. The self-judgment's huge. That one, oh, man. Yep, I can I imagine. Could, <laughs> I could throw 400 workshops on that <laughs> a year, and I wouldn't <laughs> touch half the women who have to deal with it. <laughs> right, yeah, because it's that expectation, right? You have this huge expectation on yourself, so you judge yourself when you don't meet it. You know, um, I was interviewing Tony Robbins on this, on the Addicted to Success podcast, it's probably a good two years back, uh, episode maybe like 40 or so. And uh, Tony said that when he found out, he was in his early 20s, he found out he was, his partner at the time was pregnant. He said he like 5X'd or 6X'd his business that year because he said a lit a fire under his ass where he was like, I got to get out there and really hustle. Do you see that? Do you notice that women like are really either, it could be them or it could be their partners, right? That are just totally fired up. It becomes their new motivation. Do you see that? Yeah. You know, it's that's such a great, that's such a great question because I saw that happen to my husband. You know, I think there is a gene, you know, that's very masculine that says, oh my gosh, I have to provide, you know, and I think that's <laughs> happened with lots of men who are expecting, you know, who, you know, who those wives are expecting. It comes up very, very often. And I find that people can either buckle under it or it, just like Tony said, like it lights a fire under your butt, you know? So, um, yeah. for me, you know, I, I don't, it's really interesting. I don't see it with women, um, happen in the same way. 
it's for women, it's more about reclaiming a part of themselves, you know, like, whereas with men, it's more like, I got to build my kingdom. And I'm generalizing mm. here, you know, it's feminine masculine. I like that. But it's, yeah, yeah, like my husband, he's, you know, like he was kind of stalling on things a little bit and like taking his time. And as soon as I got pregnant, he was like in full creation mode <laughs> and didn't stop. And yeah. he still hasn't stopped, you know, like he's got an awesome new company that he's running. And Jetty's a beast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jetty, man. He's, he does, he's nonstop. That, I mean, our kid, you should meet our kid. He's like the most like hyped up, determined little guy. And I'm like, well, that makes sense. <laughs> Watching Jenny and I just move 100 miles an hour every day. But, um, but for women, this is what's, what I find really interesting, um, especially women who I work with who want to be coaches or entrepreneurs, you know, it's more about a reclaiming a part of themselves that they kind of lost when they became mothers. And not in a bad way, but it's like, you know, those first two years you have a kid as a mother, you're so connected to them and you're their life source and it's just it's all instinct it's not even really choice I mean you could choose the way you are with that but you know as a mom you have to really answer that I mean sometimes I just like can't hand him off to Jetty because he just wants mom and it's really like that the first two years so it's interesting when I was first enrolling for my Empowered Mothers Alliance course which is a six-month leadership journey I, I was enrolling some women who had younger children um, or having conversations with women who had, you know, they just had babies. Maybe they were like three months old. None of them enrolled because they were still in such survival mode and they were just right. getting their baseline back. You know, they were just getting back to normal and they weren't really ready to embark on their leadership stance. But these other mothers who had like toddlers and like older children, they, they were in, you know, and because they were really ready to say, okay, I've done this piece where like, I think my kid is really feels like they have a good foundation. Now what about me? Like I have something that I want to put out into the world and I, I love getting those women. I'm like, yes, let's go. You know, I get so excited because they're so hungry to get their medicine out in the world or get their idea out into the world. And, and I just like love watching them deliver that. So yes. it's a different tool set though. You know, it's a different tool right. set that when you, I find like a lot of coaching programs I've been in totally leave motherhood out of the conversation. You get all these assignments, all of these action steps and motherhood isn't taken into account as much, you know, because well, most mm -hmm. of the people I work with are men without children. <laughs> so, and yeah, yep. actually all my coaches have been men, which is funny, but um, yeah. So I think it's, it's like really bringing in, that balance of masculine and feminine energy as a coach, that's so important for women who have a vision. Because if I don't bring in that conversation, then there's sort of like a denial of like, well, you know, I have this kid, but I'm going to just kind of survive over here still and just do what I have to do to get this off the ground and I'll deal with this later. But mm. I'm, I'm really working to bring in the element of motherhood as a place for transformation. I mean, how much money have you paid in personal growth? <laughs> Probably oh. so much money, right? See, more than six figures for sure. Yeah. Yeah. More, yeah. But, but, but like, Carrie, you got to admit, like, we value self-development so much because we've seen what it's done for our businesses and for our families and our relationships. So, like, to me, it's always an investment. It's never like, oh, I've got to spend it for 
you know, the sake of just being to be a part of the game. It's like, no, I'm, I know that I'm going to get something back from this because I know I'm going to take the action. Yeah, same. And you know, that's the key. Same. Yeah. And I mean, this is the craziest thing here is like when you become a mom or even a parent, I mean, I'm sure men can attest to this. It's like signing up for the biggest growth and development experience of your life. <laughs> and it's free. But it's like the most intense, crazy one that you can sign up for. Because <laughs> you have to like, you have this little mirror who's walking around your home, you know, who's mirroring everything back to you, your emotions, who you're showing up as. I mean, like, it's crazy. And then you also have this added element of being responsible for this project called your child, you know, who's, who you want to develop. Well, at least I'll speak for myself. I want to develop into like this really beautiful, conscious human being who can really give his gifts in the world. And so, of course, I've always got my eye on that. And, you know, then I have my other job, which is coaching. And, and so it's really, if I can, this is my whole thing is like, I really want mothers to see this. Like they just came through this experience. And if they use it as a transformational playground and get really conscious and use it as a place of awareness versus like surviving it, then they can just cash on, cash in on it so big as far as mm. making their dreams come true. But it's a total paradigm shift because yeah. it usually it's used as a conversation of what's holding you back. You know, yep. motherhood yep. holds you back in some way from business. Right. That's been the story, right. you know? Yeah. It's kind of the fork in the road. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to let it like break you down or are you going to let it build you up? Yeah. Right. It, it's funny. Cause I was just imagining like your little kid, little boy he's like he's like mr yeah. miyagi like walking around the house like <laughs> or, or, or if you got a you know if you're listening right now and you've got a little girl she's mrs miyagi <laughs> but it's just like you're constantly learning from them um and that's that's how we are as coaches too right is like we in the process of coaching others we're learning as well because we're not only going back on you know memory recall but we're also uh, learning to teach it and learning to uh see other people apply the things we're teaching so you know, we're, we're always a student in the, in a student chair of life. We're always learning. And I think, um, I can't wait to that next chapter, even for myself to, you know, one day have kids and, and see what that's, that's like. I, I believe it will be truly amazing. Yeah. I mean, you got a head start <laughs> with all the work you've done <laughs> on yourself. It's definitely <laughs> helpful when you become a parent, you know, if you have to start sort of looking at where your work is, you know, starting at parenthood, I imagine mm -hmm. it's a little bit of a rougher road, but yeah. I feel grateful yeah. that I had some tools to start out with, you know, and it's also yeah. incredibly humbling. You know, one of my old clients, um, her name is Julie Lieberman Neal, who uh, is a coach. She and I got on a phone call when I was going through my postpartum time and she actually gave me some great coaching and she's the one who really asked me a really a golden question to get, that got me to where I am today, which is, you know, like how, what, if you could relive your whole birth story and all of the things that you, that quote unquote went wrong, how could you turn that story into the biggest victory of your life if you could rewrite it? And so I literally sat down and rewrote the story and it was uh. so incredible. And it's really been playing out in the way that I've gotten to work with women and, you know, the, just the things that I've gotten to deliver in the last year, yeah. my son's barely going to turn two and this has all moved so fast. 
So Uh it was just really incredible. And that's when I knew like, man, our wounds, man, we have to pay attention where those soft spots are because that's where all the gold is. It's just so present in what we're creating. Yeah. Yeah, What do they they say? They say, uh, turn your mess into your message, your test into your testimony, your pain into your power. Yeah. Yeah. I (laughs) believe that. I believe it. It's funny because I went through an experience in a relationship where uh, you know, I thought it was the bee's knees and my identity was Mr. Success because I have a successful relationship along with everything else. And when I lost that, you know, when, um, you know, she cheated actually and, um, and we ended up breaking up and uh, I was just in pieces. And what's really interesting is I started having clients show up that were going through the exact same thing or something very, very similar. And I had never had clients like that show up before. And so <laughs> when they're talking to me, I'm like, you know what? I, I, I know exactly how you feel. And it made me an even more powerful coach. And I think that like that is such a key thing that you shared. Like what, what can you take from that and turn that into like, your greatest victory from victim to victor? So powerful, so powerful. Rewriting yeah. your story, writing it down and rewriting it. So it also rewrites in your mind as well. I love that. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it would be so boring to learn from somebody who had it all figured out, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. oh, great. I, you know, it's like on one level. like yeah. textbook learning. They've read it from a book, yeah. they share it, and it's like, oh, cool, I could have read that somewhere else. But when you hear someone's pain and you hear the emotion and you hear the conviction, it moves you. Yeah, and it also builds trust because, yeah. you know, most moms that I think would relate to me are people who are on the other side and want and see that I've gotten to, you know, cross the threshold to being okay, being empowered by what happened and not being victimized by it. And, yeah. you know, I, I think a lot of women have great birth stories and it, it could be a very happy time. And I really try in my message to not make birth out to be like this horrible, scary thing. But at the same time, I got to be honest and say my truth, you know, like, uh, you know, this was not a great experience for me and it definitely took a toll. And, um, and now it's like, man, that's the thing I'm most grateful for in my whole life. So grateful for my son and for the way everything is turning out. And yeah, it sure, let, sure let, makes me think about my next birth. Am I expectations <laughs> on that one? <laughs> let me, let me ask you this, Carrie, cause you, because you, you're being so real right now. And I know that you are, you love being raw and real. Uh, it, there's this, I guess it's like a study or it's through experience and you hear people say like there's a chemical that's released during uh, childbirth that like helps the mother to forget the pain and that's why a mother can have another like is that true or <laughs> you know it is kind of crazy you do forget I mean some births okay. are more traumatic than others I don't I, I don't really remember what it feels like to be in labor I just remember that it was crazy painful <laughs> And then, wow. and then when I hurt myself now, I'm, I'm like, okay, I went through labor. Like, I can handle this. You know? <laughs> and I told myself that when I was going through labor, I was like, I can do anything after this. And <laughs> it's really Amazing. true. I mean, yeah. I, I think I posted something, what was it, today? Um, a quote from this midwife, uh, Sarah Skogber, who said, um, when women are in labor, they, um, they get to touch enlightenment. And it, it okay. really is like one of the most spiritual experiences I will say that probably will ever come into my existence is giving birth. Cause you're a hundred percent at the mercy of the unknown. I mean, you have to surrender right. every five seconds 
And if you forget, then another contraction will come and you're like, okay, I remember I have to surrender. (laughs) (laughs) No choice. Yeah. (laughs) It's such a great metaphor for my life, you know, because I believe that we call everything in that comes into our life for our own evolution. Mm -hmm. I really do. And, um, I, I know that before I had that baby, I was like, so stuck to expectations. I was very impatient about things. I had to move fast. You know, I had to have things done in my time. And I was like, you know, I, sometimes I think I would mistake leadership presence for it has to be yesterday, done yesterday. And that whole situation just really slowed me down. And overall, it, honestly, that's what has made me a much better coach. Mm. It's just, you know, like remembering to slow myself down because people are moving so fast these days. And I mean, you talk to so many people who are running businesses and, you know, out there doing incredible things and it's awesome. And there's, it's so much to hold, you know? So it's really nice to uh, have the reference point, like literally a body experience of how much I had to slow down and just wake up on certain days and say, okay, I'm just going to change a diaper and then feed the baby. And then I'm just going to do the next thing, you know, it was like so simple. And then when I came back into, uh, to coaching, I mean, I had a nice entry back into coaching because I was working with Justin Smiles and he, you know, I got to work with him on his programs for a while and that kind of brought me back to life. And then I got to kind of launch my stuff. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, that lesson is still with me and I still have to, practice that I still get humbled with it all the time yeah (laughs) I bet I bet yeah Preston and I I love that you were saying before that uh you need to slow down in that process and you know Preston uh smiles uh, Lexi Panos his wife uh, and I were driving uh we're on the west coast of Australia we're driving back from a little like getaway that we had and you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, different people in the industry, kind of like what they're achieving and what the next move is and strategy and so on. And Preston said, he goes, do you ever get tired? And I said, what do you mean? He said, do you ever get exhausted from the catch up? And I looked at him and I said, you know what, man, every day, like every day I think about it. And it's like, sometimes I go to bed and you know how like we have this thing as entrepreneurs and, and I'm sure like even a a mother that's an entrepreneur as well, you're probably getting hit with double. But it's like this feeling of like, did I do enough today? You know, going to bed and going, did I do enough? Even though you've knocked out probably like 10 different things. Oh man, I know like that you, so well. It's like you're, never, <laughs> you're never there, right? It's like, there, there's always more that you can put on your plate. And, and I, you know, Preston and I made a commitment that day. We're like, you know what? Let's hold each other accountable to the idea of like, we're just staying in our own lane. Like who cares what everybody else's lane is? Who cares if somebody's put out, you know, two or three books by now and we've only put out one or who cares if that person has launched like 10 programs and we've got like two or whatever. Like let's just stay in our own lane. And, and it's funny that. how like society and, and the industry just creates that kind of culture. And it's like, Hey, it's like, you don't want to even want to be a part of it, but you, you end up being that if you're unconscious about it. So, yeah. I'm, you know, stay in your own lane. And that goes for not just entrepreneurship, but also as, a, as a, a parent too. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And, you know, if you choose, if you choose it when you become a parent, you mm-hmm. will have the greatest teacher on presence. If, you know, like yeah. this is something I'm so big on is like creating your standards. What are your standards for your life? You know, are you, other people creating your standards? You know, is, is the media creating yes. your standards? Are you, is some voice behind you that's, you know, is not your voice, but running you, creating your standards. And 
when it comes to parenting, man, like presence and safety are my two biggest values. And when I'm done with work, as hard as it is sometimes, I have that, was it enough feeling? I just drop into my son. And I remember what it's all about, you know? It's like the biggest tool for staying humble and grounded for me and not getting caught up in like the speed. Cause I do, I do. I'm yeah. so human. Like I definitely get caught up <laughs> in like, Holy crap. And I mean, the places I've gone in a year and a half are insane. So if I actually stop and look at, Oh my God, I can't believe I did that in a year and a half when like right. literally I was getting up and saying, okay, just brush your teeth Try not to cry for at least an hour. <laughs> I mean, that's how intense it was. And it was just wow. like this all-consuming feeling. And I mean, that's a part of the magic of this work, you know, of coaching. Mm. It, coaching is such a general term, but, you know, everyone has their own gift in the way that they coach. Everyone has the way that they, you know, can relate to people and hold for it. And um I just, you know, I remember rocking in my rocking chair with my son and just saying like, man, I wish there was someone who was a coach who also really understood how to like really be there for your emotions, but didn't push you too hard. <laughs> I just started naming all these things. And then that kind of came, became my baseline for where I'm going. And so right. that's my lane, you know, that's the lane I want to stay in. And sometimes yeah. it's hard to like not look at what someone else is doing and do the whole business thing. And I can teach business, you know, but it's like, ah, but I just really want to like be with, present with these moms and hear like what's in their heart to fulfill on. And if it's business, mm. let's do it. But if it's something yeah. else, let's do that. You know? Totally. Yeah. Amplify more of what you have. Like we've, we've been gifted such a, such an incredible and marvelous set of abilities and it's like, what's the point of going and trying to anybody else's if you've already got a, an awesome toolkit as is? Totally. You know? yeah. yeah. And I think sure. that there's just going to be more and more light workers in the world that are coming in to like heal you know, the planet people. You know, I just, it's already happening. I mean, I, when I first heard my girlfriend say, I think I want to be a life coach back in the 90s, I laughed at her. I was like, what the hell? Who needs a life coach? I was hysterical if I really think about it. I just yeah. totally wrote it off. And like, you know, right. how many years later? I'm like, all right. I guess it's going to be a balanced profession. <laughs> well, let, let me ask you this, Carrie, because we're on this subject. What do you feel has been uh, the key thing that you've implemented into your coaching business to uh, – grow your coaching business like what's like one thing that you've done that you just it, that's accelerated your growth more clients mm -hmm. uh better more results like what is that thing maybe one or two you know for my first answer that comes up which is i think always the right one is i, cre I created what i needed which was in full alignment with my vision. I just say committed, okay. committed to a vision, basically, you know? Mm -hmm. And if there's anything that Scott Cody taught me, it was that, you know? It's just like, always stay in alignment with your vision. Walk it, talk it, breathe it. And, you know, like, I'm still, I'm not like, you know, I'm not like Joel Brown yet, you know? Like, I don't have as many followers <laughs> as you might on, on Instagram, but, you know, like the people who are in my Conscious Mothers Coalition group on Facebook, like they're engaging, they're talking to each other. They're, they're bringing up things that 
might not feel safe on, in other places, you know, and, and for me, like, that's the biggest win. So just nurturing that and staying totally real with my story. I just think women need permission and they need to hear, I mean, I think everyone needs permission and they just need to hear that someone's been on the path that they've been on or that they can relate to. It sounds so simple and cliche, but, but you know, honestly, that's really the best thing that I've done is to continue to share my story, um, stay honest and be the woman that I needed when I wanted a coach. And mm. that's how people keep finding me because I'm kind of fulfilling that specific need. So, I mean, I guess the shorter answer would be, be really clear on who you're serving. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a great answer. It's the power of a vision. You know, I often say vision disciplines you. Yeah. And, and, and being aligned to what's very true to you, being in your lane and going, look, this is my lane. If you want to jump in it, you know, if this is like what you need and we're, we're like aligned, awesome. You know, I, I wanted to capture everybody as a coach. I wanted to coach this person and that person, this person, that. And it's funny, like I excel and succeed way more and get way better results and, uh, you know, have way more success with my coaching business when I just focus on the, the people that I'm truly aligned with. And that's the whole thing. If you're trying to please everyone or trying to capture everyone, you end up falling short. Yeah. You know, you're spreading yourself thin and you're not really like honing in where your skill sets can really be uh, grabbed and, and really utilized. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I, will add, pieces I will add one good. piece to the vision too is, um, you know, I've been super blessed and I created um, relationships with good mentors. And right. I owe so much to um, the people that I've learned from. And anytime I teach work, I always credit the person I learned from because yep. I really think, I mean, I just think it's good code, first of all. And second of all, like mm -hmm. I really want to honor my, my teachers, you know, and having worked with Scott Cody and, um, and then Preston Smiles, it was like I just really aligned myself with people who I could see were doing business in a good way. And they yep. aligned with my values. And then those partnerships just flourished and worked. And I actually met Preston through one of Scott's programs, you know, and then I ended up working with Preston and Alexi. And, you know, like now that relationship's flourishing and we're doing work together. And so, and, you know, it's just really cool the way that that works. So I would also add that, you know, if you're really getting going, you're getting some momentum, um, or if you're just starting, find the right mentors and align yourself with them. Do whatever you got to do, man. I'm old school. Like pay your dues, <laughs> you know, and, and support their vision. And then, you know, I, I think automatically it's easy for them to be inspired and support yours. Yeah. 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 You can't change the old school. Honestly, I, I have uh, a lot of people that come to me and they're like, Joel, how do I, you know, grow a, a multiple six figure business? So I say, you got to get on the phone and make the sales. <laughs> yeah. You need to, you need to as often as possible, meet people face to face and uh, actually utilize your network and call people and be like, Hey, what's up? Like, I genuinely care about you. What's going on in your life without any attachment to turning it into a business because it ends up coming around in some way, shape or form somewhere along the line. And if yeah. not, then you have great friendship out of it anyway. So yeah, I think people are just really, they're looking for the quick hacks. They're looking for the get rich quick. They're looking for like, how can I get a thousand clients and then forget that like, well, what do you do with those thousand clients once you have them? Right. right? And it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's that old school, like, let's get to know each other on a deeper level. Let's go for depth as opposed to width, right? 
Yeah, I mean, sometimes I like to ask my clients, like, if you wanted to be a coach and you knew it would take about eight years instead of, let's say, two, would you still do it? You know, like, if it took you eight years to make money you could support yourself, would you still do it? It's such a good question to ask because it really reveals the truth of, like, like, first of all, how rushed they are, you know? And also, like, if it's really, like, coming from a place of service or, like, uh, I just love this industry and I love to grow, so maybe I can do it and it would be an easy thing or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that happens a lot with coaching. Um, But, you know, I think that, I mean, the women I've worked with have always been pretty committed to their path and I don't know, yeah, maybe that's, good. Maybe that's the woman you, I attract. <laughs> you're, I, you're attracting, you're attracting <laughs> the right people <laughs> because yeah. you're aligned with your vision. There you go. <laughs> I've, I've been lucky. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a road. I've been coaching for almost seven years and like now I'm just getting a lot of traction, you know? Yep. And yep. let's, yeah, let's no, you're kicking back goals. on that and say, oh, I did it. Cool. <laughs> I'm doing yep. it. Still going. <laughs> amazing well well done congratulations that's that's really awesome to hear so carrie how can we get more of you where are you what programs do you have out right now or coming up where how can we uh, find you online well i am at carrieazuma.com and uh right now i'm going to be launching my second round of empowered mothers alliance which is a six-month leadership program for mothers and leadership is kind of a funky buzzword i think for women Um, but really it's about just developing self-trust and confidence in all areas of your life and being able to nail that vision. And in that program, you do a leadership project and I make you take action. So that's not like for the weak willed of your, you know, I am like very, very tough on these ladies in a very gentle and loving way because I want to see them really produce results. So it's fun. And we all, we create a vision at the beginning of the program too, because I am all about vision. So that program is yeah. awesome. It's my, like, my favorite. That's my in-breath. I, I love doing it. Um, and also, I'm going to be launching a program. I'm designing it right now that's going to be for newer mothers to get their baseline because not everybody's ready, like I said, for the six-month leadership program. <laughs> you know, some moms just need to, like, get down on, like, what's actually going to help them get out of survival mode. So that one's yeah. coming up, and um, I'm going to be releasing – a five-day video series workshop, which is free, um, on my website soon. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be really fun and full of value. I promise. It's not not just a little snippet to get an email. It's a good five days of hard work. So, um, mm-hmm. but great work, great work, and a good intro to uh, what I teach. So, yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah, you've been on your hustle. <laughs> yeah, I'm working. I'm working all the all the different uh, sides of motherhood. So I, I want to have something that everybody can really resonate with, and I have other things in the works as well. So it, it'll all be popping up. But um, you know, in the meantime, Conscious Mothers Coalition Facebook group. That's where I post. Ton- I mean, like that's like content heaven for mothers right there. <laughs> if you're if you're going through yeah. that transformational time, and um, you know. Instagram, Carrie Zuma. Easy peasy. Awesome. Yeah, for everyone that's listening, <clears throat> I know that we do have a lot of uh, female entrepreneurs and women uh, that are mothers as well. Obviously, women are mothers. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, I can definitely say Carrie Azuma is the truth. Uh, I, I've worked with Carrie for the last four months and uh, she shows up 110%. So if you're looking for a great coach, a great leader, she is your girl. So Carrie, 
no problems. Thank you for jumping on the Addicted to Success podcast. I appreciate you sharing your wisdom. We have so many gems there, so thank you. Uh, Carrie, we end every interview with this last question. And the question is, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? I know that you uh, asked this question, and I promised myself I wouldn't rehearse it. I would answer it in the moment. Good, <laughs> so, good. <laughs> uh, so let me think about that for a second. Um, my last 30-second speech, I guess I would say, um, if you're on your deathbed, like, what are you going to really remember? Are you going to remember how stressed out you were when you were putting your kid to bed because you had to get dinner ready? Are you going to remember that, that last blink when they see your face and fall into sleep? Or are you going to remember all of the, the people who were ahead of you when you started that awesome business? Or are you going to remember how good it felt when you actually served the thousands of people, you know? So live your life in the remembrance. And uh, probably can't go wrong with that. 